Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Community Garden Revolution. We sure do appreciate you all listening to our show. And thanks for all those on YouTube also. We appreciate it too. All right. So here we're going to be talking about a few things that um, I think are very exciting. Uh, We're going to showcase some music that you can possibly use in your fundraising events. Uh, A lot of you this time of the year are making uh, fundraising uh, happen because you want to put that towards your uh, community gardens. And uh, there's all kinds of different music out there that you can use. So we're going to go ahead and play some for you today uh, to give you an idea. Uh, We're also going to be covering, let's see here, something about showcasing commodities uh, by the USDA. And also, uh, I found some Food Hub financing. Uh, There's one company that's just now starting or dabbling in it, and they're a little uppity, so they didn't return my phone call because they probably thought that I wasn't going to do a $1 or $2 million project. Well, we found money to do any kind of size that you need up to $350 million. So uh, surely you're not going to make one that big. But uh, if you do, do make contact with us. Uh, So if you've got something that is going to be a building that we can uh, rehab and uh, then make that into your food hub, uh, if you've got something that uh, has one or two other units with it to be able to make it a mixed use, that is wonderful uh, because it shows income stream uh, to be able to pay off your loan. Uh, those are the kind of people that I have a particular lender right now on. So uh, email us at communitygardenrevolution at gmail.com. That's communitygardenrevolution at gmail.com. Or Community Garden Magazine. That's communitygardenmagazine at gmail.com. So that's exciting because that's what I wanted to do about four years ago, two to four years ago. And one uh, fund, uh, it just wasn't, they said they were interested in that kind of stuff, but really they weren't. Uh, so that's fine, whatever. And then this other group, uh, they did dabble in it, and uh, they did have a loan to close. Uh, so they wanted to do more, but uh, they like larger projects. For me, I think everything counts, whether it's large, small, whatever, because most of America's smaller business deals anyway. So if you've got someone that's interested in doing a food system situation, if you've got someone that's wanting to do a food hub particularly, uh, do email us, and then we're going to go ahead and connect you with the right people on this. It's so exciting because I want to see more food hubs. I've already stated that to the Secretary, Sonny Purdue of the USDA, many times that I want to see more of those food hubs out there. And uh, he's even increasing money uh, to help out with some food uh I don't know if it's classes or food money for kids to do more stuff and growing uh, vegetables so they can see how it's done. But, of course, I think in their minds they're thinking that this could be a potential career down the road for these people. So uh, either way, I think it's exciting that uh, we're getting more interest from the USDA to do some things. So awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so now let's go ahead and see what we've got on the agenda here. Um We've got, uh, let's go ahead with this SDA thing uh, and get that going and get that over with. So here we go. It's basically, in a nutshell, um, several producer-funded programs covering promotion, marketing, and research of ag commodities had a great opportunity to showcase their efforts. So let's go ahead and hear what, uh, what they had to say. It was what some participants described as a first-of-its-kind showcase. <laughs> 
Everybody is saying they can't remember a time when we've done something like this here right beside Capitol Hill. That's Agriculture Undersecretary for Marketing and Regulatory Programs, Greg Ibaugh. He was among those participating in a recent gathering of commodity marketing orders and promotion and research boards near the Capitol Building in Washington, D.C. The event was designed to promote those organizations that, well, promote, as well as market and support research for their commodity by producer-funded checkoff programs programs with oversight from USDA's Agricultural Marketing Service. And as Undersecretary Ibaugh explained, these programs come from the belief that farmers and ranchers have that they can pool their money together to do things to promote their products that they can control and work with education, research, and promotional events and projects to be able to better inform consumers about why the products they grow and raise are good for them and nutritious and healthy and beneficial to them. Several of the 26 national research and promotion programs were represented at the gathering, covering commodities such as eggs, pork, Christmas trees, and for Manuel Michel, the program he serves as executive director, the National Mango Board. Since 2005 to 2017, we've seen mango consumption increase by about 80 to 83 percent. So we are having an impact on mango consumption. Also at the showcase were some of the many state and regional-based marketing orders promoting commodities produced from those specific areas, such as milk and dairy, fruits, vegetables, and specialty crops. Karen Cahill serves the cranberry industry through the Cranberry Marketing Council. We, as a commodity group, have been around since the 1960s, and we've been helping to drive demand for cranberries. These organizations, however, are not just about marketing and promotion. The research component of promotion and research programs ranges from studies on consumer information, such as nutritional values of commodities that can be promoted, or new uses for products to create value added. Studies also assist growers in addressing issues that could impact their bottom line. Lindsay Batty of California Ripe Olives notes work from her group regarding mechanical harvesting practices such as proper tree spacing and harvester technology. It lowers labor costs, allows us to produce more California ripe olives, and is more economically sound for our producers. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. And thanks, Rod Bain. We sure do appreciate all your great reporting that you do in D.C. As you know, there's a shutdown going on, so a lot of these reports that we're getting, uh, they are older stories because they're shut down right now in that particular area. The USDA is open in certain areas, but not a whole lot. And we appreciate that they were helping with the SNAP benefits this past uh, week or two. I think it was past week. Uh, basically, what they were doing is uh, giving people their February monies uh early about two weeks early because they're going to have no processing done uh in uh, february uh so they wanted to make sure that uh the flow kept going with the uh, food stamps which is i think an honorable thing to do and uh then in march it may or may not uh, they may suspend the money so hopefully there's a uh resolution to this government shutdown that's over there in dc and then those uh folks that have ebt will be able to have their uh, their SNAP benefits. So it's going to be interesting. And uh, different food pantries and food banks across the nation are bracing uh, for what may be a big need uh, if there's not enough uh, time in there where people can uh, get their food. So uh, it's going to be very interesting on that aspect. But anyway, the USDA is shut down uh, pretty much 
and uh, applause, applause to uh, Secretary Sonny Purdue to make sure that people are getting their, their food and uh, keeping all right in that respect. He didn't have to do that, but he did. I think that's great. So that's why we're getting some stories that uh, we're trying to make sure that we piecemeal it, that it's not going to be uh, an old story, uh, you know, about Christmas trees or, or how do you go ahead and uh, mow those down and put them underneath, you know, mulch underneath your plants, uh, although that's a good idea. <laughs> so uh, we're going to keep it as fresh as we can. So we'll be right back. It's Community Garden Revolution. Thank you for listening to us. We sure do appreciate it, and we've been growing even more this year so far. And expect even more growth coming. We're excited. This is Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel. Did you see me dancing around during that? You didn't see me dancing? Uh, oh, well, anyway, uh, so welcome back to Community Garden Revolution, and we're so glad that you're here today. And uh, <laughs> I'm laughing, too. And um, so basically, in a nutshell, we wanted to tell you about the Jazz Fest there in New Orleans. It's the 2019 New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. And that's going to be Friday, April 26th of this year to Sunday, May 5th. And that's going to be the fairgrounds, race course, and slots. That's what they say. New Orleans, Louisiana. And it's usually a really good festival event. they got all kinds of stars there. I didn't know a lot of the stars' names, but I'm not hip. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they say, give me a little, I'm a little bit country, I'm a little bit rock and roll. I, you know, we listen to everything and anything, but I'm more uh, the jazz kind of person than in pop and uh, 40s music. So I don't know anything. I know nothing. So we're going to go ahead and listen to a couple of songs uh, right now, uh, coming up here. Uh, one is with Brian Culbertson. He is jazz. And uh, his has been around the world and is live in Las Vegas. We want to provide some different music ideas and options for you because a lot of you are doing fundraising events. We want to make sure you make a lot of money so that you can go ahead and put that toward your community garden and do any kind of upgrades you're needing or buy any tools or a shed or any kind of equipment that you're needing. We want to make sure you're going to make some bucks, some dollars, pesos, whatever. Uh, we want to make sure, moolah, we want to make sure that you're making some bucks. So uh, here's a here's a jazz uh, guy. His name is Brian Culbertson. And uh, his spin about... What jazz is all about.
<laughs> That's part of the song there. It's uh, uh, Brian Culbertson's Been Around the World uh, Live in Las Vegas. Jazz can be a larger group. It can be a smaller group. It can just be a trio. Um, if you've got some people that really know how to drive together and have some good uh, synergy about them, uh, you can have two or three people and, and come out really good for a good fundraising event, have a neat dinner of some sort. Uh, or you can uh, sit around and just listen to some music. But uh, there's options out there for you for uh, having some good fun uh, with your with your folks. Okay, so now what we're going to do is listen to uh, Pets on Vacation. Uh, basically, in a nutshell, um, if you plan on taking your pet with you on vacation, maybe there are a few things you can do to make the trip easier for you and your pet. Uh, Gary Crawford talks with an expert on this edition of Agriculture USA. Now, we're going to be back again with another uh, music thing. Uh, now, that one's going to be uh, called Clear Corn Liquor, and uh, that is a group that um, does a lot of uh, folk music, you know, that kind of thing, whatever. I think they've got some banjos in this thing. So, um, uh, again, we're just giving you some options uh, because we want you to make a lot of money in your fundraising events. So, all right, well, here we go with uh, something from the USDA. And we see this all the time, you know, the dog's uh, head's hanging out the car window. Yep. And the... Wait right there. Wait right there. Wait right there. Here we go. Here we go. It's vacation time. We need it. Yes. We want it. Yes. Vacation. We own it. We'll surf, beach, fall, drink, got no worries. Ah, uh, yes, no worries. But if we are driving on this vacation and taking orbs... Uh, one expert says there may be some things we can do to make the trip a no-worry trip, or a least-worry trip anyway. It's all coming up on this edition of Agriculture USA. I'm Gary Crawford. I need a vacation. A vacation with as little stress and worry as possible. One possible worry in the back of your head might be, what if my pet runs off? It gets away from me at a rest stop or someplace during the vacation. How would I find my dog or cat? Anne McCann is with the Agriculture Department's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Services Animal Care Program. She says you'd have a lot less to worry about if your pet had up-to-date identity and contact information on the animal and has it, of course, before you uh, take off on the trip. We encourage people to use microchips and to register the chips to ensure that there is a valid phone number attached to the animal and, in fact, multiple phone numbers. Another way to do this is through identification on the pet's collar. Both of these act as pet insurance in a way so that if your pet does get out while you're traveling, you have a way of reuniting with your animal. Ah, uh, yes, it does. And along that same line, if for some reason your pet uh, gets out and ends up biting somebody or something like that on the vacation, Anne says it would be a good thing to bring along a copy of your pet's shot record so that if you need to prove that your pet is current on vaccination, you can do that while you're away from home. Now, that one I would not have thought of. Other stuff to bring is a little more obvious. You want to keep them on the food that they're used to eating. Bring bedding and toys, food and water bowls, and all of that stuff that your pet uses all the time at home because you can reduce the stress on your pet by having things that your pet is familiar with 
while you're bringing them to an unfamiliar location. Now, many of us drive around with our pets in the car all the time, but if your pet has never traveled in the car... Get them used to riding in the car ahead of time. You don't want the first time they get in a car to be for the family vacation. It can lead to a lot of stress in the car, either because they are stressed and have a lot of anxiety, or if they get car sick. And if your pet uh, does tend to get all anxious in the car, your veterinarian may be able to help you out. Talk with your vet about options for easing the pet through the trip so that everybody gets to your destination unscathed. The vet may have some things to help calm your pet and to help prevent your pet from getting car sick. Also in that same vein, in the hours before you actually leave, limit your pet's food intake. Don't feed them a full meal right before you get in the car. Instead, offer them a small amount of food a few hours prior to the trip. Give them a chance to go potty before you get in the car and go, and that reduces the possibility that you're going to have car sickness en route. Well, it reduces the chances for your pet to having car sickness, which would make you a little sick too, I guess. Now, many people ride around with their pets just loose, unsecured in the car. Not a good idea for them, just like it's not a good idea for us. McCann says, ideally on the trip, if it's a cat, it should be in a crate or some kind of confinement with a litter box and room to lie down. The crate needs to be secured somehow also. Now, for a dog, and says you really should secure the dog as well. They do make special car seatbelt-type arrangements for dogs. With a seatbelt that's attached to a harness that goes around its chest, that's attached to a dog seatbelt that attaches to the seatbelts in the car. She says do not ever just pass the regular car seatbelt through your dog's collar. A sharp stop or a collision could break the dog's neck and your heart with it. Also, and we see this all the time, you know, the dog's, uh, heads hanging out the car window. And McCann says that's also not such a hot idea, especially at high driving speeds. Debris can get into the dog's eyes and really cause a problem. Next, how often should you stop for your dog's water and uh, other business? I would say every two to three hours. And when you stop? Never, never leave the pet alone in a parked vehicle. In the summer, it only takes a few minutes for the heat to build up. could kill your pet. Or something else could happen. If it's a really smart Eleki pet, it might decide to uh, hijack the car and drive off on his own vacation. We need it. We want it. Got to watch those pets every minute. This is an Agriculture USA. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington. <laughs> All right, Gary Crawford, thanks a bunch. And thanks for the stories that the USDA is doing. Uh, they have the same stories out there. Uh, we try to pick some fresh ones for you because right now they're not in the office doing any stories. So uh, they are part of the shutdown, and uh, uh, they're doing bits and pieces of trying to help out with the SNAP benefits, of course. We appreciate that, and uh, uh, we're looking forward to the new stories that these folks have been working on once they get back from the shutdown. So uh, exciting times ahead. Rock and roll. All right. Um, let me see here. Uh, we wanted to tell you about a really neat project that Kroger Stores there in Louisville, Kentucky, has going on. Uh, you know these vans, kind of like similar like a uh, delivery van, like with FedEx or UPS? Well, uh, Kroger down there has decided to go ahead in the, uh, you know, Louisville, Kentucky area, uh, go ahead and go to these um, food deserts uh, and uh, go ahead and provide a farmer's market kind of thing uh, to their people. And I think that's cool. I, I don't know whether you remember this X amount of 
months back, but I had a story uh, where uh, there was uh, an area that was uh, closed down, an old supermarket in a food desert area, and there were just uh, convenience stores that were around. Of course, they're very expensive for people, and they don't have all kinds of uh, veggies that they need and fruits. Uh, they try to carry a few fruits, but um, Kroger decided to go ahead and go in there and service these people because uh, maybe it's too expensive to have a location there uh, for many reasons or whatever, and so it's a food desert. And the story that I had a few months back, people were actually standing in line in this uh, old parking lot where they used to have a grocery store, a small grocery store, standing in line because the need's so great. So they decided to take the food to the people. Now, we know that IU Health, uh, they're in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, they've got a garden on the go, and they go to uh, co-op places. So they're bringing the food to the people that way. And they've got such a demand that they've got a guy from Ohio that they have to buy extra um, uh, veggies from, that he buys it from the farmers. Uh, so this is a way that they can all make money uh, in the food chain uh, because the need is so great. So um, if you have access to that kind of a truck or you want to broker a deal with a grocery store, that's a way to take care of the food desert area. Be there at a certain date and time that people can know that they can get the groceries from you and then go in there with that fresh stuff and sell, sell, sell. People want to go for the fresh items first than the canned goods when they go to these food pantries and food banks. Now, that's awesome, folks. That is awesome. They want fresh food items. So people want to be more healthy and eat healthy, and this is a great way to reach those areas that otherwise would not be serviced at all. And those people don't have as much of a chance to uh, live a healthy lifestyle because of all the other stuff or, or um, bad stuff that's around versus fresh fruits and vegetables. People like fruit, vegetables that are fresh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> We're going to listen to another gentleman. Uh, let me see here. Where are they? Oh, okay. Uh, not a gentleman. I'm sorry. It's a group, and it's... Um, they're called the Graskals. That's G R A S C A L S. They're like a oh, uh, what am I trying to say? Folk song uh, people, and they've got a, a different kind of song called the Clear Corn Liquor, and it's uh, the album is called Before Breakfast, and it's the Graskals, and uh, we're going to play a little ditty that they have now. See, that's a different kind of music that you can have, or you can do art. We've told you that many times. Put art in your um, Community garden, let people stream through. Of course, it's wintertime now, but you could do that in the spring, spring or uh, fall, and uh, let them see what you're growing. Uh, let them see it. And then play some music like jazz or classical music, whatever. Uh, but uh, for what you're doing right now to be able to raise money during the wintertime for your seeds and your planting, uh, your tools or shed or whatever it is that you're wanting to raise money for, uh, there's some options on the table uh, for some great music for people to to listen to. They'll buy the tickets. So here we go with the Graskels Clear Corn Liquor. Grab your 
<laughs> That's a neat little song, isn't it? Well, I just thought I'd give you a little taste of it, you know, what was going on and what's out there. So uh, there's options for people and your fundraising events. So make it fun. Make it interesting. Have some good food now. Have some good food. Um, or you can have some good appetizers and snacks. So there's all kinds of things you can do to raise money. Uh, but make sure that you have a great year uh, because I believe 2019 for food is just going to be an awesome time. And uh, with more uh, trade deals happening that farmers can raise uh, a lot of food to sell out, other nations i think that's awesome that'll help the uh uh the economy real fast right there uh because we do need to sell more food to other places we need to grow a lot more ourselves so uh go ahead and start a community garden or a garden or a container garden uh there's arrowgarden.com that you can go to use the word community 20 and get 20 percent off your online order uh, grow food, folks, because it's going to make you healthy, wealthy, and wise. And we want you to be healthy. Uh, we want you to make sure that uh, you're the best condition that you can be uh, so that you can stay alive as, as long as you can and be healthy at it. So uh, some of these folks that didn't take care of themselves over the years, uh, golly darn, um, I'm sure they wish now they ate that one extra apple or they had that one extra uh, orange or uh, you know some other kinds of fruits and vegetables out there. Uh, we try to expand as much as we can. I've got a new pressure cooker. Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. And uh, so we're going to have something on that tomorrow. Uh, you know, like roast and, and um, oh, potatoes and carrots. Uh, we've got to get a lot of base carotene stuff down us. And uh, so then we're going to have that with seasoning with some garlic cloves and some celery. Uh, I'm telling you, yum, yum stuff. No, you can't come. Uh, so <laughs> believe it or not. There's someone out there that thinks they'll be able to come right over and have some. <laughs> Not. <laughs> but uh, it is fun to make it, and uh, we do like the smell of it, and put some more herbs and spices in there. And um, I'm already salivating, and uh, it's just going to be an awesome time because we just enjoy good food. So uh, have some good music around you, have some good food, and uh, life is a good thing. So. Uh, we want you to make sure that you do have a, a great time with your fundraising events. But more importantly, we want you to raise some money. So uh, have a great time trying to come up with something good for folks. Well, we're glad you're here. Glad you came by. It's a Community Garden Revolution. And uh, start your community gardens. Get your seeds ready from the catalogs that are out there. See uh, communitygardenmagazine.com and check it out. I'm telling you, check it out. And uh, we've got some great uh, products in there for you to see, too. So thanks for coming today. All righty. This is Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Hugo. Have a great Community Garden Day.